Thank you for being here with us this morning. As, as, as Nathan said, it's always a wonderful opportunity and a blessing for the saints in Christ Jesus to gather together here to worship God in truth and in the Spirit and have the opportunity to study God's Word, have the, the opportunity to sing songs of praise unto our God and draw strength from each other and be with each other. It's a, wonderful oper, oper, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to be benefited in our Christian lives so we can be edified and built up by being here this morning. And let us not take these assemblies as we assemble together for granted. And it's so wonderful to see your smiling faces this morning. If you are, are visiting with us, as Nathan said, we want you to know that you are honored guests. We hope that you find yourself edified this morning and blessed by being here with us. And we invite you back at any time that you're able to come be here with us in this place and worship God. <clears throat> This morning, we're going to be talking about loving our neighbor. <clears throat> loving my neighbor through evangelizing. If you saw the title that Ian had on his slide in the beginning of services, it said, evangelizing through loving my neighbor. And that, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. is by loving our neighbor, by loving my neighbor, that we evangelize there. That, that, that we have the opportunity to spread the gospel and spread those good tidings. And it's a responsibility and job for each one of us to, uh, to, uh, to do. So be, be, I wanted to start off by talking about what does evangelism mean? If you see that word, you might not know what that word means. If you, if you look up that word, it means um, someone who brings glad tidings. If you look up the word evangelist, it means a preacher of the gospel, someone who is spreading the word of God, someone who is spreading that gospel, someone who is, who is a messenger. Evan, evan, evangelism is someone that is going about spreading those glad tidings. And what are those glad tidings? What Nathan said, Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us, that he is our Lord and Savior, that we are saved through his death and belief in him, that we go and we spread that. And it might not necessarily mean that we are going to speak or study, which is certainly part of it, but it might be in the way that we live and the things that we do and the good works that we do and the acts that we do towards people as evangelizing them and bringing them into what we have here in this place. As Nathan said, it's a wonderful opportunity for the saints to be here. We want more saints to be here. And that's what we want to do is evangelize. And I put up there, it is not something that just evangelists do. So we have evangelists that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go into what an evangelist is, but there is an office of an evangelist. But like Ian, that's someone that goes about, uh, uh, helps establish churches and ordain elders and things, things like that. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that, but I don't want to make sure there was no confusion that evangelism, that's just what an evangelist does. No, the evangelists certainly do that. They, they go about preaching, but, but, but that is an office. They have other things that they do and responsibilities that they do, but to evangelize, to spread the word of God is something that each and every one of us has a responsibility to, uh, to, uh, to do. It's something that each and every one of us can do. As we've been going through, we've been looking here in Matthew chapter 28, looking at, at the Great Commission, where the Bible here says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father <clears throat> and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This has been the beginning of these series of, of lessons that we have been doing about this great, this great commission here. In the New King James Version, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. And when you go and you make disciples, you evangelize to them and you teach them and you bring them in. 
And many times that is from the, the things that you do or the way that, that you live and the acts and the good works that you have. And we've been going through that here. We talked about the, 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 the church and what it means to be a, a Christian. We talked about baptism and how obeying that gospel and we become that Christian. We become that saint that Nathan talked about. We've also recently talked about bearing fruit, how that as we evangelize and we go on and we bear that fruit and we're bringing people in, that's what God wants us to be fruitful. And that, as Nathan t- talked about last Sunday, that we each have talents, that we each have abilities that we can do, whether that, that ability is being merciful, is, is encouraging someone, is preaching, is helpful to someone. We each have that ability, and we can use those in loving our neighbor. We can use those in teaching our neighbors and bring them, and that is what evangelism is, that we go and we teach, and we use the abilities, we use the talents that we have to bring people to Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5 and 10 says here in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says, But God, who was rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when, he, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. And we've talked about that. We've talked about how we're going through that. We've seen God's authority. We've seen his mercy. We've seen his love towards us that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And that he has quickened us together through Jesus Christ as we become that Christian. And now... As it says here in verse 10, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, that we are his workmanship now. If if you think about it, God has molded us and made us into something new when we become that Christian and that workmanship that created creatures to go bear fruit and use their talents to bring people to God, to bring people to Jesus Christ, that we are his workmanship, that we can go in and we can evangelize, that when we do those good works, People will see God. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, and I appreciate Ian Hood leading that song that really sets up this thought here in my lesson. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, the Bible says, Jesus speaking here on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Where it says here, and giveth light unto all that are in the house. As we go through this study, as as we go through talking about our neighbor and and loving our neighbor and who our neighbor is, think of your personal light, your personal candle, and what you can do with that light and that candle. As the song said, we should run to the darkness and bring that light. And that light is, is visible to anyone that is close. If we come into a room and we flip on the light switch, that light is only going to affect that room. But if we go to another room or we're carrying a candlestick or we're carrying a lamp and and anywhere we go, that light shines. And anywhere we go, we have that opportunity to evangelize, to love someone, to show mercy towards them. And it says there that, that through those good works, which is shining that light, you will glorify God. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's not about look at my good works, look at what I can do. We do these things to glorify God. We show God and we show his son, Jesus Christ, by loving our, our neighbor, and they'll see that, and they'll see the glory of God and bring people to them. So that's what evangelism is, and it's something that each and every one of us can do. We each and every one of us have a candle. We each and every one of us, as Nathan said, have a talent that we can use to go out and evangelize and teach people about Jesus Christ. And sometimes that teaching becomes from the way that you are, the way that you walk, the way that you live and that you speak and that you treat other people. 
It's in loving my neighbor. That word neighbor, if you look up that word neighbor in, in the Strong's, if you're into that kind of stuff, and if you're not into that kind of stuff, I encourage you to be into that kind of stuff. It's really good to go into those concordances and look up certain words. The word neighbor there is Strong's uh, word 4139 or G4139. That stands for Greek 4139, and it means near. Or it means close by. And we're like, well, yeah, we kind of get that, Justin. I mean, my neighbors across the street, they're close. They are nearby. But as we go through the through this study, just think about it, that whoever is near you is your neighbor. Whoever is close by is your neighbor at whatever place you are at. It's not just the people that live next to me or you people that are here in, in this building. It's wherever I go and I have an influence with that person and that light of my light is shining in the sphere of my influence, that is my neighbor. And whatever the situation is, love your neighbor. Riley read from Luke chapter 10, and, and I appreciate that reading that Riley did. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through, through 37. We're going to read this. This is the parable of, of the good uh, uh, Samaritan because there's someone here that asks a question. And I want us to clarify now. We know what evangelism is, and we know how we should evangelize, and now we want to know who is our neighbor. Luke chapter 10, verse 25, the Bible says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? What readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 28, and, and he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. Do this, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? So at first, he's wanting eternal life. Just start from, 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 from the beginning. It's like, what do I do to have eternal life? The, the man wants eternal life. And that's a good thing to want. But then he says here, he wants to justify himself. And he said, Who is my neighbor? Why would you ask that? I'm thinking there's some people that he didn't want to be neighborly to. There were some people that he didn't want to show that love and that compassion. So he's asking Jesus, could you just classify it for me? Who is my neighbor? Is it the people in this room and those that are on my block? That'd be great. I'll just deal with those people. He's wanting to justify himself because there's certain people that he does not want to be neighborly to. Verse 30 here, Jesus reacts, said, Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves and stripped him of his raiment. And wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So he's telling him this story here, and he's saying, here's someone who, who is in, in, in a bad straits. He's, he's on the side of the road. And he talks about a priest and a Levite. And this lawyer knows those are good godly people. Those are people that should be helping. And they pass by on the other side. And he says a good Samaritan. That's a little bit of a stab there because they didn't like the, the, the uh, Samaritans. They were considered a lower class people. And he says this Samaritan, what did he have? He had compassion on him. And hold on to that thought. We're, we're going to come back to that some. But he says here, in this situation, this man had compassion on this one that fell among thieves. Continuing on in the story, the Bible says in verse 34, Luke chapter 10, verse 34, and went to him, that's the Samaritan, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? 
Verse 37, and he said unto him, he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. So here is it's saying this Samaritan, he took this person. He didn't know this person. This person became near to him. He's traveling on the road and he became close by. He's a neighbor now. And he takes care of him. He takes care of his wounds. He takes care of himself. He takes him to an inn and, and, and gives him money, money in his own pocket. And says, take care of this guy. If you spend more money, I'll pay it back. We know this story pretty well. And then Jesus says here, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? Was that the question? The, uh, the lawyer said, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus says, who do you think was neighbor to, these, the, to this guy? It's not necessarily the exact same question. What Jesus is telling this lawyer is, you be a neighbor. You be a neighbor. I'm not going to classify who's your neighbor. You be a neighbor to anyone that comes near and close by to you. And it says that he that showed mercy to him. And then Jesus said, go and do thou likewise. So it wasn't that he said, okay, the Samaritans are not going to be your neighbors. And these people are not going to be your neighbors. He said, you be a neighbor to anyone that you can help, that you can do good, that you can evangelize to through that loving that neighbor. And it wasn't convenient for that man. It wasn't convenient for that a Samaritan. And the other thing is a Samaritan, I don't think, expected anything in return. And we read that here in Luke chapter 6. Going to Luke chapter 6 here, Jesus is teaching to the multitude here. And he's teaching a very good concept that goes along with this parable. He's teaching here in Luke chapter 6, verse 31. The Bible says, And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Verse 32, For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. Verse 34, And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners <coughs> to receive as much again. So what, what he's saying there is like, if you love them that, 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 that love you, what, what thanks do you have? They already love you. He said, if you do good to those that do good to you, or if you lend money to those that you're expecting to get money to, he said, that's, that's what sinners do. Verse th 31, where it says, and as ye would that all men should do to you, ye do likewise to, uh, to them. That's loving your neighbor. That's what that verse is. To all men. It says there, if you love them that love you, if you do good to them that do good to you, if you lend money to them that do good to you, that's easy. Why? Because that's worldly. That's what Jesus is saying. This is worldly. It's like if I'm going to give you 20 bucks, you better give me back 20 bucks, right? If I'm going to go mow Nathan's lawn, he better show up at my house like next weekend, right? That's how the world thinks. Where's your lawnmower? You owe me. You come mow my lawn now. Or, or if you love someone that loves you, it, it, it's just, you know, it's not the same. We, as Nathan said, are separated a special and a peculiar people. That when we go do good to, to somebody expecting nothing in return, most of the time like, oh, wait a second, what are you doing that for? I, I owe you 20 bucks. It's like, no, you don't. I am doing good to you because Jesus Christ has done good to me. And I'm showing that glory by doing those good works and loving my neighbor. And he says here in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. <clears throat> and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. That's the level that we should be loving our neighbor at. Loving those, love your enemies, do good to them, expecting nothing in return. 
It's not about what we get. It's about glorifying God. It's about evangelizing and showing that Jesus Christ has done all these things for us, so we want you to be a part of that, and I'm going to do good to you expecting nothing in return so we can be disciples, so that we can be children of the highest because God is he's, he's kind to the unthankful and the evil. So we should be kind to the unthankful and the evil. We're not doing it to get a pat on the back. We're not doing it for thanks. We're not giving money or helping or doing a good deed to get something in return. We are being merciful as our Father is merciful. And if you think about God's mercy, we should be running out there loving our neighbor any opportunity that we get because his mercy is abundant. And we should have that same mercy to anyone that comes into our area of our light, our candle. Anyone that comes near, that is your neighbor. Close by, that is your neighbor. We're not doing it to receive anything. We're not doing it and hoping to receive something. We're doing it because we are children of God, and he shows mercy. Hold on to that mercy. Hold on to that merciful thought. And we're going to come back to that here, here in just a minute. But I want to make one point clear. I'm not, I'm not moving off or branching off. This is connected, but I want us to understand that even though we're talking about our neighbors, as sometimes when I think about loving my neighbor, I'm thinking about those across the street or those at work or those at school or those that I come in contact with. But understand this, each and every one of us in this room are neighbors to each other. We're brothers and sisters. We are saints. We are mothers and fathers to each other, but we are also neighbors to each other. And we should act neighborly to each other as well. And we should, and it will produce a wonderful result. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. If you've been with us on Wednesday nights and we've been going through Acts, we've gone through Acts chapter 2. And, and, if, you, and if you recall, that's where Peter gives the first gospel sermon. And Peter is, is teaching those Jews there, those, those people in Jerusalem. And he's saying that, that this Jesus Christ is the prophesied Messiah. And this Jesus Christ is the one that you guys have crucified. That he is Christ, he is Lord. And they hear that and they receive that message and they're cut to the hearts. And during that gospel message, they say, what shall we do? Because they understand that they've done something sinful. They've done something wrong. And Peter says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So he's telling them, and then all those souls, 3,000 souls are saved. 3,000 souls are baptized and become Christians that day. That's where we're at. And now in verse 42, we kind of are transitioning like, like a little bit there with those people that are at the church. And remember, when they were speaking, they were speaking miraculously, that when they spoke, that all those people from different countries and different lands and different languages heard them speak in their land and their language. So you got people from all over the place here, and many of them believe, and they, they become a part of the church, and they stay. And it says here in verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, verse 42, and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. <clears throat> and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their, their, uh, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men and every man as every man had need. So here's a good work here, that they had all these people here, and all these people came. They, they probably have no employment. There's 3,000 people from all over the place, and they're here now, and those people that had the ability to, to, to do good did good. They sold their, their possessions, and they parted it to all men that they would have need because they had that need. What is that? That's, that's loving my neighbor, that those people are doing that good, good work. They are loving their neighbor, so they are taken care of, and they did it unto all men. Verse 46, the Bible says, And they continued daily with, daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They are together. 
Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. If we have a congregation, if we have a church here that is loving our neighbors, that if we are the neighbors, that we are showing mercy and we are loving each other, we are doing those good, people are going to see that and they're going to want to be a part of that. As we are going about evangelizing and we're also being here in this place, being neighbors to each other, that all the people are going to see that. And they're going to want to be a part of that. And the Lord is going to add to the church daily such as should be saved. There were people coming in and being saved. And the biggest part of that is because those people there were of one mind and they were one soul. Or or, or they were in singleness of mind and they were doing good towards each other. So as we think about loving our neighbor, don't forget about us in this building, us in this place. That if we do that, people are going to see that. They're going to be a part of that. And then we can evangelize and bring people to Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 13, verse 34, the Bible says, a new commandment I give you, I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, all men, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. Those, that church in Acts chapter 2 had this love for each other. They loved each other so much that they were going to be neighbors to each other. They were going to do good. They were going to give their goods, whatever that deed could be. And people saw that. They saw, hey, these, these are the disciples of Christ. They have love for each other, and all the people were coming. And the Lord was adding to the church daily. So we should have that type of love for each other as well. Not only those at, that come in contact with us. As a matter of fact, we are all near each other right now. You are in the sphere here. Each and every one of us are close by, and that is a neighbor that needs your love and needs your mercy and needs your compassion and your good works to glorify God. Going back to Luke chapter 6, verse 35, uh, 36, for just a moment, where the Bible says, But love ye your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Be merciful says, well, sometimes that can be difficult because what were we, are, we, are we talking about? We're talking about enemies. We're talking about people that we don't know. And it says that those are the type of people that you should be merciful to, that you should be neighbor to. You know, back in Luke chapter 10, verse 36 and 37, where Jesus says, who do you think was neighbor? Who was neighbor to him that fell among those thieves? And he said, him that showed mercy unto him. And Jesus said, go and do thou likewise. That's if we want to boil all this down, how we evangelize through loving our neighbor, it's showing mercy. Show mercy. So how do I get better at loving my neighbor? How do we improve upon this thing? This is something that I need to improve on greatly. This is something that I am looking at examining myself, and I said I should be more loving towards my neighbor. We've already established what evangelism is. We've established who our neighbor is now, right? Anyone that is close to you, that is nearby, needs that love and needs that mercy, so how do we get better at doing that? You know, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, the Bible says, He that show, show, uh, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God, and to love mercy. That Samaritan that saw that person there had compassion. That Samaritan loved mercy. And if you love mercy, you're going to give mercy. If you love mercy, you're going to extend that mercy to anyone that you have the opportunity to. That Samaritan didn't expect anything in, in return. Do you think he went and said, as soon as this guy wakes up, 
Make sure that you give him my name and my address because I got some chores for him to do. And make sure that you know how much money I gave him because he better pay me back. Is that what the Samaritan did? No, the Samaritan did that wanting nothing in return because he loved mercy. Start loving mercy. If you love mercy, then you will love your neighbor. And if you love your neighbor, then they will see the glory of God. It's not about you. It's not about the Samaritan. It's about glorifying God. And then they will want to be a part of that. You know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's God's mercy. God has great mercy. God loved us so much that he gave his only Son so that we would have mercy. God had compassion upon us. So when you think about what God has done for you and the mercy he has shown to you, it should compel you to evangelize. It should compel you to go out and love your neighbor and bring and show them that mercy and bring them to the feet of Christ. How can we get better at loving our neighbor? James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. And that's what we've been talking about. We should do well. This is what we should do. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin. And, 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 are, and are convicted, basically, of the law as, as transgressors. So what it's saying there is that if you have respect to persons, then you commit sin. And that's what that lawyer's problem was. Think back to that parable. He wanted to have, he said, I don't want to be neighbors with certain people. He was being partiality. He was judging people. He was saying, I don't want to be neighbor to this guy. I don't want to be neighbor to this guy. He had respect to persons. That's what he was wanting Jesus to classify and clarify. Who's going to be my neighbor? And says, if you do that, you commit sin. So don't think that anybody is unworthy of being your neighbor. Everybody is worthy of your neighbor. And if you do that, they're going to see God. They're going to see his church. They're going to see his people. And they're going to evangelize. You know, in James chapter 2, verse 13, the Bible says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment or triumphs against judgment. Sincere that there's going to be judgment without mercy on those that don't show mercy. It is so important, brothers and sisters, for us to be going out there and loving our neighbor, going out there and evangelizing in every opportunity that we can. It is so important that there's going to be judgment. You're going to be judged by the mercy, by the loving of your neighbor. Are you doing that this morning? We should. And mercy triumphs against judgment don't have respect to persons anyone is that comes in contact with you is your neighbor turn with me to matthew chapter 25 verses 31 through 46 matthew chapter 25 beginning of verse 31 as we close out our lesson this morning what is interesting is that last sunday nathan also did matthew chapter 25 but he did the parable of the talents so we're just going to finish out this chapter now matthew chapter 25 Beginning of verse 31, the Bible says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and behold, and before him shall he gather all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer and say, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? 
When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? When saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? Verse 40, And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer saying, him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and a thirst, or a stranger, and a naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. What was that man, what was that lawyer asking about? He wanted eternal life, didn't he? And Jesus said, you go be a neighbor. And what does a neighbor do? A neighbor sees someone who was sick, someone who is in need and loves and helps that person and has mercy upon that person. That Samaritan didn't ask for anything in return. Here in this parable, Jesus is, is, is saying, if you are a neighbor to anyone that is in need and you have the power to give that need, he said, you're doing it to me. He said, it's like you're doing it to me. And we are not expecting any type of reward or anything in return. But Jesus said, those that are loving their neighbor, you'll have eternal life. Jesus says, those that are going about evangelizing in a way that is loving and showing mercy, they will have that eternal life. You will have that home. So God will take care of his people that are doing his works, that are doing his good works, that are glorifying God. And as we read this, you think about those goats, those that did not love their neighbor, those that did not show mercy upon their neighbor, those that people that probably came into their close proximity, into their house where their light is shining, wherever you take that light, and you're not doing those things, and you can do those things. It said there's everlasting punishment for, uh, for, uh, for those people. You know, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. What is the core thing? What is the one thing to take away from this lesson? That if we are going to evangelize and bring people into this church, that we are going to love our neighbor, it's be merciful to people and expect nothing in return. Loving my neighbor is evangelism. It, it, it is. And, and whether it is just teaching people here or bringing people, and, and then we do a, a Bible study because this is the word of God and teaching them about Jesus Christ and being saved in Jesus Christ that will save their souls. It's not you. But if we love our neighbor and we show that kindness and we show those good works that will bring people to Jesus, and then we can go to work with that word. Loving my neighbor is, is evangelism, and you need to have that love. It starts with love. Love worketh no ill will towards his neighbor. We need that love. You must care about people and care about your neighbor, and your neighbor is anybody that you come in contact with. And it's all about mercy. Love mercy. You want to get better at loving your neighbor? You want to be a good person who is going and evangelizing? Be merciful, because that's what God and his son does for us. They are merciful to us, and we should be merciful, just like that good Samaritan was. And they will see your good works. And those good works could be setting up a Bible study. Those good works could be going and mowing that lawn. Those good works could be going and helping some people pay a bill or whatever it is. Do that expecting nothing in return. And people are going to see those good works, and they're going to glorify God. And they'll see that glory of God, and they're going to want to be a part of that glory of God. Why are y'all so peculiar? Why are y'all doing these special things for us and not asking anything in return? Because God 
is merciful. God has washed us and made us clean, and we want to show people and bring them to that. And if we do these things, then the Lord will add to the church. The church will grow if we are going out there being merciful and loving our neighbor. If we love mercy and we love each other and we do good works and we glorify God, they see that glory in God, and then the Lord will add to the church daily, and then guess what? Life eternal. That's what the lawyer wanted, and here's the steps to do that. Be a neighbor. That's the thing. Not not exactly who is my neighbor. You be a neighbor to anybody that you come in contact with. And if you love them, you have mercy, and you show those good works, and you glorify God, he will add to his church, and you will have eternal life. We, we have eternal life. And do we want other people to have eternal life? Absolutely. And those people are our neighbor. Let's love our neighbor and evangelize them and tell them about Jesus Christ and do good and love mercy. This morning, if you are not a child of God and you need to be baptized. You, you need to become that workmanship that is created in Christ Jesus for loving neighbors, for showing that mercy and to bring people unto them. You want to start evangelizing. You want to become that Christian. There's water right here behind me. We have clothes. We are ready and prepared to help you make that step to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to rise out of that water, to walk in newness of life. And then you can start being a part of this. You get to start being a part of this group of neighbors. If you are a neighbor or you are a saint, you are a Christian and you're going through a hard time, perhaps you see that you need some help evangelizing or there's some things that you need to, to help in your life, that you see some things that need work. Well, we are here together. We are all here ready to help each other. If you need the prayers of the church or there's anything else that we can help you with, we ask that you please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.